Spoiler Perak Aleph Mishnah Base 1 2. The verse, which is the source of the Allah of Orla, starts out by saying, When you come to land and you plant a fruit tree, which makes it sound like the halachas of Orla apply only in Eretz Yisrael when you've come to land. But in fact, our mission will clarify that's not the case. As we've said in the introduction, the halachas of Orla apply in Chutz also, outside of Eretz Yisrael, by force of halach Lamosh and Sinai. Um, but what the Pasuk is coming to tell you is that the Jews who came from the desert into Eretz Yisrael, when they first arrived with Yoshua, if they found trees there, those trees would be exempt from the oral restrictions. They could eat them right away, even from saplings. And the mission says inside, At the time when our ancestors came into the land of Israel, if they found a sapling that had been planted there and it was in its first three years, Pator, the fruit on that tree, that young tree, was exempt from the restrictions of Orla, meaning they could eat from that tree right away. Natu, um, on the other hand, if they planted a tree immediately upon arriving in Israel, Afal Pishlo Kivshu, even though they hadn't yet completed the conquest of the land of Israel, you may recall that there was a seven-year period from the entry of the Jews into Israel when they did the Kibush arts when they conquered most of the land of Israel, and then another seven years of the Chalukah when they divided up the land amongst the um, 12 tribes, let's call it. So during those 14 years, most of the other mitzvahs, hatulis ba'aretz, most of the other land, you know, agricultural, Israel-based mitzvahs uh, were not applicable, meaning in those 14 years there was no halachas of trumas, maitras, shriyas, bikurim, peya, etc., but the halachas of Orla did apply. And that's the mission says here, not to afobishlo kavshu, kivshu, uh, once, if they planted trees, once they've entered the land of Israel, even though they hadn't yet finished the conquest of the land, chayav, those trees are subject to the Orla requirements. Hanoteil l'rabim, a new din, if even bismanazet, a person plants a fruit tree on his private property, says the Barthenora and most other Mephorshim, and his intention is that the fruit on that tree should there be there to service the public, anyone can help themselves to that tree. So then Chayev, Tanakama says that tree is still restricted for the first three years um, by virtue of the fact those produce is Orla. But Rabbi Yehuda is Poter. Rabbi Yehuda says no, um, if it's a privately planted, public access tree, the halachas of Orla do not apply. The reason for this Mephorshim is a little bit technical and um, I'll just cover it very briefly. That one Pasuk that we said is the basis of the halachas of Orla, so it it has um, it refers to the public twice. It starts by saying kizavo ela aretz unatatem, and when you plural plant, um, and later on it says that um, for shaloshanim ye lachem arelim lo for three years it will be lachem for you, um, restricted produce. So, according to the Tanakama, the unatatem is necessary to tell you that. Um, every individual's planting is subject to these requirements. And the second lachem, um, which is superfluous, comes to teach you that even if you planted it not for your personal use, but for public consumption, it's still subject to orla. And that's the Tanakama, and that's the halacha. However, Behuda understands that already the unatatem was what was coming to add. It was the ribui coming to add um, the public service tree, I'll call it. Um, and therefore, the second lachem is an additionally superfluous 
M word. And the rule is when you have two ribuyim, two words that come to add something one after the other. So the rule is that two ribuyim coming, um, ribuyacha ribuy, as it's called. So then it's coming to be mamaet. It's coming to restrict something, to, to limit something in some way. Since Rebuta holds this is two ribuyim, it's a ribuyacha ribuy. So he holds that the second um, ribuy, the lachem, is coming to restrict and exempt a certain kind of tree from Orla, and that restrict that exemption is applying to this Honotela Rabin, the person who planted on his private property for public consumption. And that would be exempt from Orla, says Rabbi Huda. However, the halacha is like the Tanakama, that all trees that you plant in your property are subject to Orla, no matter what you intend um, who you intend to consume that fruit. The Mishnah goes on to say, and now we're gonna have a bunch of different scenarios, each of which for some reason you might have thought such a tree was exempt from Orla, but that would be incorrect. In all these cases, the Mishnah will say, um, largely because of it says, um, in the in the Pasuk, it says, any, all fruit trees, kol etz machel, and basically comes to include all these things as well. Um, so not all of them are based on that drasha, but anyways, most of them are. Here here we go inside. It says, hanotea birshus harabim. If a person plants a tree on public property, you might have thought for some reason it doesn't qualify as being your tree and, be, and would be exempt. Wrong. It's chayev for the first few years in the restrictions of Orla. Same goes for v'hanachrishanata. If a non-Jew planted a tree, that means a non-Jew planted a tree on Jewish property, even though the verse says you will plant, but doesn't mean that. It means any tree that's on your property um, is, is required for the first two years to not be consumed as Orla, even if a non-Jew planted it. V'hagazlishanata. Same goes if a thief planted it. So that, the case here is a little different. It's you have a case where um, a person manages to steal someone else's property. That's a bit of a conundrum how that could be. Normally property itself, land can't be stolen. But if you figure out a way where it could be, where there's the claim the, the original owner is Miyaesh, he gives up hope of getting it back, etc. If the thief manages somehow to expropriate this property permanently, um, so then, although it's not his land, it's still what he plants on that land as fruit trees will be subject to the oral requirements. Vanotea basfina, same goes if a person plants inside a boat. Um, here the bartender speaks out that it has to be a boat where the roots of the tree could somehow manage to wiggle through the hull of the ship. Like for argument's sake, if the boat were made out of earthenware, cheris, so then the roots could get through, if a tree could get through that earthenware, and therefore if you plant a tree on a boat, like in soil floating on a boat, and in a boat that's floating on the water, it doesn't matter, it's subject to orla. And same goes, v'ha'ola me'alav, a tree that goes up by itself. That means you didn't plant the tree. Let's say, for example, you have a apple grove, and apple orchard, and in the orchard you have ten trees you planted, but then one of the trees has an apple which falls off, and lo and behold, out of that apple grows an 11th apple tree. Um, so you didn't plant that apple tree, it grew by itself. That's the Olam Alav, it grew by itself. But nevertheless, that 11th apple tree, like the others, are Chayev in Orla. Again, meaning that for the first three years, the apples that grow on that 11th tree are forbidden. <laughs>